Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Now, look, we've, been, we've just finished a series called Social Disconnect. Did you enjoy that series? Did it, did it speak to you? Did it help you in any way? Then right before that, we did a series called Snake Bitten. Woo, we dealt with something that's going on in this country. Well, tonight, today, I want to begin a brand new series. It's called Reconnect. Everybody say Reconnect. Reconnect. I'm going to tell you something. As your pastor, there ain't no way that I would tell you that we've been disconnected without also trying to tell you how to get reconnected. Man, it's a powerful fan. I need to turn that thing down. Oh, yeah. Maybe that won't be as loud and I won't get all those looks that I'm getting back there from Chet and yelling and all them back there right now. Social disconnect was a sermon that was birthed out of these words that we hear over and over again, social distance, social distance, and we were not, as you know, here comes the disclaimer that I say every week, and that is I'm not telling people not to social distance. I'm not telling people not to wear a mask. I'm not telling people not to to do whatever is being advised to you from medical officials, but I am telling you, don't let what's happening in the natural create a spiritual disconnect, number one, from your relationship with God, number two, from your your relationship with other brothers and sisters, and number three, from your relationship and the connection that you have with the calling and the mandate that is on your life as a believer. Amen. If I had five people to say amen, I'd probably preach today. Now, I'm going to show you something. How many knows when you are standing in front of a fan, you can feel the breeze? Can I get an Amen. The closer I get, the more refreshing it is. But here's what the devil is trying to do. This is where the church was in Acts chapter 2. This is where the church is supposed to be today. But every little thing that comes that the enemy tries to separate us, we take a step back. Are y'all hearing me? Now, I can still feel the fan, but nothing like I used to. But then there's another mandate that comes down, and I say, okay, okay, I'm still connected. It's all good. Still got the cord in my hand. So I take another step back. Not forget, forget what's going on in life right now. I'm talking about life in general. You get laid off. Your kids act up. Are you hearing me? Do stuff they shouldn't be doing. You get a diagnosis from the doctor. That's a bad report. Maybe even being told there's no cure. Prepare yourself and your family. You take another step back. Are you hearing me? Somebody that you trusted Somebody that you love, that you put your faith in to be there for you, 
and they turn their back on you and on their way back, turning their back on you, they turn and look at you and stab you in the back and turn the knife as it goes in and you are devastated and you and you and now you're beginning to think that everybody that called themselves a Christian is a hypocrite. So why in the world would I even go to church? Why would I want to be around all those fake people? Are you hearing me, church? How many knows I'm already preaching about what I'm doing right now? You're getting this already, right? Let me tell you what's happening right now, what I see happening across this country. I see people choosing a Democrat or a Republican over the kingdom. You tell what I see from you, pastors? Taking your precious influence to promote political candidates and agendas instead of promoting kingdom. I'm going to tell you, some of you, some of you preachers out there, I love you because you know I pastor pastors, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Somebody needs to tell you the truth. I see more about promotional of political candidates than I see from you as a pastor, even about the kingdom of God. I ain't got a problem with you promoting something, a, a policy or something that you believe, and neither does God. Stand up for the biblical principles of God, but if you're going to promote something, if you're going to promote a political agenda or promote a political candidate, at least let it be undergirded by a desire to teach the people of God how to stay connected to the Word of God. Not just because your daddy told you you're supposed to vote this way and your granddaddy told you you're supposed to vote this way. When you choose politics... Over the kingdom, you take another step back. Well, you can go to church, but you can't sing. Because if you sing, it's dangerous. One man defied, one pastor defied California and said, Come arrest me. And thousands of people showed up and they praised God. Whether you agree with them or not, that's what happened. So then they came back and said, well, okay, well, I guess we'll let you go having church, but put a mask on and don't sing. So all y'all can get together, but can't nobody sing. When it comes time to sing, put something on the screen, let music play, and everybody just stand there and look at somebody on the screen singing. Oh, yeah, this is what I've been doing for two months now. I've been peeling the onion, y'all. Huh? I'm still. I got. I got a few more layers of that onion. I need to peel today. Now, here's what I want to illustrate to you before I get to preaching. The fan is still on. I can barely feel something. It's just enough air to go up, and it's dropping. Down. I can. I can feel a slight, gentle breeze. But it is at this place right here, or maybe even further, is when people start making statements like this. Well, you know what? I, I tell you what, I, it's just, I just feel like, here's, here's, a great, here's, a, here's a big statement that happens when people are at this place right here. Well, you know what? At one point, man, I love that church, but it's something changed at the church. And, and pastor, he's just not the same anymore. You know what? I think it's time for me to move on because I'm just not being fed anymore. Huh? Well, ain't nothing changed about 
you being fed, it's just, it's being served up there by the fan. Huh? But if you're not careful, if all you have chosen is online service, if you're not careful, even though you don't think it now, very soon you're going to have to face, you have to make a decision whether you're ever going back again or not. And many of you are going to decide not to go back because you've so further, so pulled yourself away from a sense of normalcy in your relationship with God that you, have, you now just barely feel a breeze. And if you're not careful at some point, you're going to keep pulling and you're going to... And all of a sudden... Instead of blaming yourself, you're going to blame the fan. Huh? Don't let this be you. Can I get an amen? Can I preach? Y'all didn't think that was my sermon, did you? Life is full of disconnect, breakups, New job, graduation, battles with depression, divorce, moving away to a new city, and certainly things like a pandemic. But the question that we are facing right now is when is it time to reconnect? The answer is now. Everybody shout now. Now before you get mad at me and think that I'm trying to tell you now is the time for you to come back to church, that is not what I said. I said now is the time for you to reconnect. To where you used to be with God. How many know you can be with God in your car and in your house or in your living room, but if you're not careful, you can disconnect from God in a church building. Just because you're in this building right here doesn't even mean you're connected. I'm not talking about whether you come to church or not. I'm talking about your relationship with God. The intensity of your pursuit. When it comes to lost moments in our life and our walk with God, the answer is now. Somebody shout now. Now we know now is significant throughout scripture and we know that the faith that we are to operate in is called now faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, now faith. Say it loud. Now faith. Say it loud. Now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. I've told you this for several months now. When this is over with, you're going to have a story to tell. That's your testimony. What is your COVID-19 testimony going to be? Man, it's getting quiet in here. What is your coronavirus testimony going to be? Is it, the, is it going to be, whether you want to admit it, the time that you disconnected? or the time that you fought hell to stay connected. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have to fight the devil to stay connected in this moment. There's no more powerful disconnect than death. Death is the ultimate disconnect. I wanna show you what one man did when he was faced with the power of, of death and disconnect. Matthew chapter nine, Tells the story of a man named Jarius. Verse 18, he says this. 
While he, meaning Jesus, while he spoke these things to to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him. Somebody say worshipped him. Saying, my daughter has just, that word just means now, has just now died. Now died. But come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Let me tell you, your first step to staying connected is worship. Can you worship when everything you know has fell apart? I'm going to tell you something. He didn't worship him after he came to his house and laid his hands on his daughter. He worshiped him knowing that his daughter was dead. In fact, he worshiped him before he even told him that she was dead. Before anybody even knew why he was there, he came up, fell down, and worshiped him. It was the worship that created a moment for him to look at her and say, what is going on with you, son? And in a spirit of worship, he said, I'll come here to tell you right now. I just left the house. I just left the house. I just checked her pulse. My beautiful daughter is dead. But I know because I've been connected to you. I know because I've watched you. I know because I've heard about you. This ain't the first time Jairus had ever heard of Jesus. He was connected to him. Let me tell you something. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, you ain't gonna run out of your house and find Jesus and say, if you'll just come lay your hand on my daughter, he'll be here. The reason he had such confidence to run out is because long before the disconnect happened, he was already connected. Oh my God, they all ain't hearing me. You want to be able to praise God when death comes your way? You want to be able to praise God when sickness comes your way? You want to be able to praise God when you lose your job? You want to praise God when your house burns down? You want to be able to praise God in the darkest moments in your life when it feels like everything has been unplugged and you've lost everything? You better get connected when your house is still standing. You better get connected while you still got a job. You better stay connected while your kids are still here. You better get connected connected now you can't reconnect to something that you ain't never been connected to re means to go back connect means first time reconnect means go back get it again he was already connected but he had just suffered the ultimate disconnect, the death of his beautiful daughter. But he came and worshiped him. Now, you, gotta, you can't miss this. You can't miss this. I want to ask you a question. I want you to let this sink deep in your spirit. What would happen if this happened in this moment that we are living in? Now, you listen to my words. People would have, would have, number one, they would have had a problem with anybody telling anybody else to go lay hands on anybody else. Because we ain't even supposed to touch each other. But, here's what I really want to ask you. He knew where to go to find Jesus. He knew where to go to get prayer. 
He knew where to go to get a miracle. Now, Jesus is not walking in the flesh on the streets of Birmingham. If he was, then how many knows if something bad happened in your life and you knew Jesus was walking in the flesh on the streets of Birmingham, you'd know exactly where to go to connect with Jesus. But he ain't walking the streets of Birmingham. Go read the book of Revelation. By the way, I'm teaching that on Wednesday nights. And what I said last Wednesday night was when John saw the image, he saw seven candlesticks. They all represented the seven local churches there. It represents the, the, the church age of all the church ages. And he, watch what he said. And he saw one likened to the Son of Man walking in the midst of the seven candlesticks. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. He might not be walking the streets of Birmingham, but he is walking among the church. Oh, y'all, y'all, some of y'all know where I'm going. Some of y'all don't know where I'm going. Let me tell you, Jarius knew exactly where to go for help. But what if Jesus was there, was not there? What if he was told to stay home and he couldn't be there? And nobody had the opportunity to get to Jesus. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Somebody say, thank God. Jesus was there. Well, what if? What if people in your community needs a miracle? Do they know where to go to get a miracle? If they do know where to go to get the miracle... Will the people who believe in a miracle be there when they get there? How many people have pulled up at churches needed a miracle? How many people have been driving down the road knowing they lost everything on a Sunday morning? They said, I got to find me a church to pray for me and my family and pulled into parking lot after parking lot after parking lot and they could not find anyone to pray for them and their family. What if Jesus was not there for Jerry? It's hard to connect or plug in when the breaker's been turned off. Hmm? See, what good is it for me to plug that fan back in when the power strip's turned off over there? You better plug in to something that's got some juice flowing. Huh? It ain't enough just to plug into a local church. It ain't enough to even plug into to, to people of God. I love them all and God's no respecter of persons. But I'm going to tell you something. Not everybody that calls himself a preacher is a preacher. Because here's how you know if somebody's a preacher. Are they preaching? Are they preaching the gospel? Are they preaching what the word of God said? Are they just getting up there telling stories? Well... think I'll preach on. Now I want to show you something amazing that happened. Thank God Jesus was there. Somebody say it again because I need to hear y'all help me. Say thank God Jesus was there. But watch what happened. He looks at, at Jarius 
Jairus is worshiping him, and Jairus says, my daughter just now died. I need you to come to my house and lay hands on her, and I know that when you do, she will live. I mean, that's a proclamation of faith, right? I want to show you something. That's called now faith. Because he said, just now my daughter has died. I'm telling you, he didn't have a moment to even process. In the midst of the disconnect, he said, wait a minute. Y'all can stay here if you want to. I know where Jesus is. I'm taking this now moment, and I'm taking my now faith to Jesus, and I'm saying now, right now, she's dead. But right now, I know that if you'll come, she won't be dead anymore. Now watch this. Something that we read right over happens. Jesus followed him. Do you know that you can have a faith that will make Jesus follow you? Huh? I know we're supposed to follow Jesus, but sometimes we could just have such a faith that Jesus will turn around and say, I'm going with you. Come on, somebody. Are y'all hearing me? He's, he's on an agenda. He's just doing what he does. But all of a sudden, everything gets changed when Jerry comes, shows up and connects with a now faith. All of a sudden, everything changes. And, and Jesus says, well, boys, change the plans. We're going to Jairus' house. Now watch this. Jarius is leading the way. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. What you don't get is it ain't really Jarius that's leading the way. It's the now faith that's inside of Jarius that's leading the way. Come, come, come on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He already saw his daughter living while she was still dead. So Jairus is on his way to his house. And every once in a while, he just has to say, is this really happening? He's looking over, and, and, and Jesus is following him. But now watch this. Let me tell you what a now faith will do. A now faith will cause Jesus to follow you into your situation. But in addition to that, it says, and Jesus followed Jairus, and the disciples followed as well. Huh? Do you know your now faith can move Jesus into your situation, but people will be able to identify there's something different about you and an anointing about you and that Jesus is on the scene and it will not only bring Jesus on the scene, it will bring others on the scene just to see what this now faith looks like. So picture this. Here's a man who just lost his daughter is leading the king of kings and the 12 apostles. Jarius, before this story, a no name, but he was connected. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. See, sometimes you need a now word. The spoken word of God is all you need to reconnect. Sometimes you need a physical hands laid on you. But sometimes you just need Jesus to speak over your situation. 
if you're connected to Jesus, Jesus will know whether he needs to have somebody lay hands on you or if the word just being spoken is enough. Because here we have Jairus saying, come lay your hands on my daughter and he will heal. And Jesus follows her, goes in there, you know the rest of the story. Let's just skip over to another situation that's very similar but has a different outcome. But it's still tied to being connected, truly connected to Jesus. Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed dreadfully tormented. Two very similar situations that one is dead, one is paralyzed and tormented. Both of them are not with the person addressing Jesus. They're both back at home. Jesus said to him, watch what he says, I will come and heal him. Same thing he just did for Jairus' daughter. He said, if you need me to come and lay hands on him and heal him, I'll do that if that's what you need. Oh, this is a different level of connection. This is a whole different level of connection that very few believers understand. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, oh, you gotta get this, he marveled. How many knows it's amazing to marvel Jesus? When Jesus steps back and goes, good God of me. Some of y'all gonna get that in a minute. Some of y'all, I just test to see if y'all are listening. He marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say, I have not found such great faith, not even in all of Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west. And this is just some crazy stuff about Jesus. I read this, I'm like, okay, Jesus, there's some deep stuff. It's just like when the disciples came back and said, we just had revival. Even demons were subject to us in your name, Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I mean, when you read it, it's like, what? What kind of response is that? This is, a, this is a, but you got to study it out to figure out the deepness of it. Here's another one of them. And surely I say unto you, I have not sounded such, such great faith in all of Israel. I say unto you that many will come from the east and the west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out in the outer darkness. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're like, huh? And then he comes right back in. Then Jesus said to the centurion, he just threw that in there. Then went right back to the centurion. Go your way. For as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. At the now moment. At the now moment. Okay, but here's the thing that you got to get. The centurion was connected on such a level of faith because his faith was based in understanding authority. We as Americans have the biggest problem with hardly any of any country in the world with respecting authority. We, we don't even want to call our pastor, pastor. They want to, well, that's old Larry. 
That's just going, I don't need that. But that is a, I'm not asking you, that's not about me. I'm just trying to say, we have a problem with that. Because we don't want to elevate any man in our lives over me. He's just a man. I know he's just a man. I know my bishop is just a man. But I ain't going to say, hey, Clint, what you doing? I'm going to dress and honor that authority that he walks in and that mantle. That's a level of faith because what happens is there's going to be times that people who are speaking into your life under the unction and the anointing of Jesus are going to be speaking at a place of authority and you've got to be willing to receive that word from God through that position of authority or you are not connected. Woo! We put, I know I keep going back to presidents, but I'm going to tell you something. Y'all need to quit putting more authority in the, in, a, in the office of the president than you do in the office of the five-fold ministry. Huh? Ain't no president, ain't no uh, politician going to come to your family's funeral. They ain't going to pray for you when you're sick in the middle of the night. You'll put your faith in a politician, but you cannot trust and pray for somebody that God's putting authority over you. I'm preaching better than you shout. How you like that, Facebook? See, the centurion needed a now word. Some of y'all want to write this down. Watch this. The centurion needed a now word. Jarius needed a now encounter. Both of them are needed by all of us at different times in our life. Sometimes to reconnect, we just need the word spoke to us. Some of you are getting reconnected right now from the spoken word of God coming through your pastor. Huh? Are you hearing me? But sometimes it's not enough. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you need somebody to go and lay hands on you. That's why he made it clear. Two different proclamations. Matthew 28, great commission. Go and preach the gospel. That's a spoken word. Go speak the word. Sorry, something's wrong. Please try again. <laughs> Could y'all hear that? Did y'all hear what Siri just said on her? Did y'all, sorry, something's wrong. Well, you know what? I don't care. Sorry, it's wrong. Please try again. Siri, what is my name? Sorry, something's wrong. You are confused. I'm shutting you up right now. Bye. She don't even know my name. She normally says, your name is the man, the myth, the legend, Larry. Because <laughs> I told her to call me that. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. That was weird. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm a little shook on that one right there. I'm sorry. Something's wrong with what you're saying. There's nothing wrong with what I'm saying because I'm speaking the Bible. Go unto all the world and preach the gospel. That's a spoken word. 
But then in Mark chapter 16, for the Great Commission, he says, in my name you will cast out devils. Lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Sometimes you go and preach the gospel and that's a noun word encounter. Sometimes you lay hands on the sick and that's, oh, come on. Sometimes you can get what you need in the online campus. But sometimes you can only get it from an in-person service. Now watch this. As he is on his way to lay hands on Jairus' daughter, the Bible says he turned and followed Jairus. And the disciples followed him. Now, I want to show you something powerful here just so I can make sure that I'm right on this here. Go back up here just to verify. Yeah, that's what I thought. The very next verse, verse 20. We just finished verse 19 in Matthew chapter 9 where they turn and follow Jerry. The very next verse, verse 20. And suddenly, oh, I wish you'd shout suddenly. How many of those gods are suddenly God? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Acts chapter 2. And suddenly, meaning unexpectedly, out of the blue, out of nowhere, a woman who had a, a flow of blood or an issue of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she had said to herself, if I could only touch his garment, I'll be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you whole, made you well, and the woman was made well from that hour. Mark chapter 5, you ain't got to go there, tells the same story in a little bit more detail. Same words she says within herself, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I know they'll be made whole. The difference in Mark 5 is that Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? A further explanation of events that day, who touched me? And the disciples, he's being thronged by people. You can only imagine very few times was Jesus ever able to walk with nobody around him especially when his ministry was taken off. They were thronging him, especially when they realized if you touch this man, you can be healed of leprosy. If you touch this man, you can be healed of blindness. If you touch this man, if he touches you, if he speaks to you, if, he has, if you have an encounter with this man, your whole life can change. So they're pushing, pushing, pushing. And I think it's key that you read that from behind, suddenly out of nowhere. In other words, telling me that she was there all along. This is the gospel according to Larry. Could it be, she, we know that she had said that within herself long before she got to that moment in the crowd. But could it be that the moment of Jairus' now faith caused her to believe this is my moment? Because suddenly she leaps through the crowd. She didn't get translated there. She was already in the crowd. But something happened to her when she saw Jesus say, okay, I'll go. She saw, and then the disciples went. So here's Jairus. Here's Jesus. Here's the disciples. And how many of you, they're following Jesus. Did we just read that? So in other words, to get to the hem of the garment of Jesus, she had to push her way through the disciples. 
I'm going to tell you something. If you, don't, if you don't watch it, some of your biggest obstacles to Jesus will be church folk. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I'm talking about preachers. Some of your biggest obstacles to reconnecting is you got to go through preachers that have long ago disconnected and they're not happy until everybody in their congregation is disconnected with them. Hmm? They've ripped pastors' entire chapters and books out of the Bible and no longer preach from them because they don't agree with them theologically. How about this? If it's in the Bible, we're supposed to preach it. How about this? Acts chapter 2 is in the Bible. How about this? Uh, speaking in tongues is in the Bible. How about this? Prophesying is in the Bible. How about this? Laying hands on the sick is in the Bible. But she had to have enough faith to get through church folk. I'll tell you some of the meanest snakes ever met in my life's in church. Huh? I'm talking about I'm treated a whole lot better from people out there in the world than I am from church people. Most of the time. Not you. Y'all are all sweet. In, in, Mark, in, in, in the book of Mark, he says, who touched me? They said, what do you mean who touched you? Hundreds are touching you. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that kind of touched me. He said, I felt virtue. That word virtue means power pulled out of me. Oh, you ain't... That's what the Bible said. I felt somebody, listen to the way it, it, the way it really reads. I felt somebody forcibly pull power out of me. Somebody, oh, y'all ain't going to know how to handle what I'm about to say. You're going you to take some time to process this one. Somebody got a miracle that I wasn't even publicly planning on giving. Somebody just forced their way into a miracle. <laughs> this is deep, y'all. See, somebody had for the first time in Jesus' ministry Oh, you got to get this. Had just received a healing without the spoken word of Jesus or without the hands of Jesus. Somebody had just become a game changer. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody had somehow connected on a level that wasn't even ready for people to connect to yet. Oh. See, Jesus is the Word. Become flesh. So if the Word, if He is the Word, then I promise you He knows the Word. He knows everything that was written about Him in the Old Testament. He knows that the Messiah was prophesied in the book of Isaiah 
Because we know this is a part of his plan because when he began his ministry, he found the book of Isaiah in the temple and he opened it up, the scroll, and he read from the book of Isaiah and he said, for God has anointed me, come on somebody, to preach the gospel to the poor. I want to read it to you. Isaiah chapter 61. This is what he read in Luke chapter 4. He came and found the scroll and he read Isaiah 61. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them, watch this, beauty for ashes and the oil of mourning, the garment of praise in his heaviness. He goes on to say in the book of Isaiah he reads for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to set the captives free he also knows that Isaiah prophesied that he would be wounded for our transgressions he would be bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace would be upon him and by his stripes we would be what? healed Peter quotes Isaiah again and tells us that it is by the stripes of Jesus that we are healed. Are y'all hearing me? But how many knows when he's on his way to see Jairus' daughter, he hadn't been beaten yet? So healing to the masses whoever desires and believes God for had not yet been provided. (laughs) Let me tell you something about this woman's faith. There's a now faith and that's powerful. But there is a level of faith that is so now faith in Jesus and so connected in Jesus, it will take you beyond and transcend now to where you will already see yourself walking in the future. Are y'all hearing me? That's called now faith. Watch this. She claimed her healing. Jesus didn't speak the healing. Jesus didn't touch her. She touched Jesus and pulled something out of her. Are y'all hearing me? This woman's faith connection transcended time and brought the future of faith healing to the ministry of the time of Jesus. Now, whether you like this or not and whether this is appropriate to say it this way or not, she changed the way Jesus did ministry from that day forward. Because of her, watch this, before her, every miracle that had been done was done by a spoken word of Jesus or laying hands on someone. Well, we know that he goes into Jairus' home. He lays hands on the daughter. When he gets there, he sees the mourners. The Bible says the flute players are there. They're all professional mourners. They've already been there. They're hired and they're all weeping. He tells them all to get out. He walks in there and says, get up, little girl. Damsel, arise. And she gets up. Watch what happens. The moment he comes out of Jairus' house, from that point forward, from the time of the connection, of the pulling of the virtue out of Jesus, 
you begin to see Jesus speaking according to your faith, be it done unto you. Are y'all hearing me? Let me close by saying this. Isn't it amazing that she said, if I could but touch the garment, the hem of the talith, the prayer shawl, that wraps itself as a mantle around the body of Christ, I know that I'll be made whole. In other words, she said something strange when you think about it. I know I don't even need to actually touch the flesh of Jesus. I know that if I just touch the covering that covers the body of Jesus, the power of Jesus comes off his body and through the covering and to the people. It was so far ahead of its time It was a teaching of a faith level that says Jesus is going to sit at the right hand of God the Father and then he's going to pour his spirit out on his body. We are the body of Christ. And then he says, and then I'm going to uh, appoint apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm going to equip them. I'm going to put my mantle upon them for the work of the ministry. And, And... Know you not that you're all ministers of the gospel. You're all qualified by God as believers and spirit-filled believers to lay hands upon the sick. And he begins to say, now the body has the power. Are y'all hearing me? To lay hands upon the sick. She had tapped into something. And whether it was all or, I mean, all of it's ordained by God. Don't get me wrong. But something significant happened at that point of connection connection. Can I get an amen? I'll close by this. In this day and age, you can have a person, you absolutely need and should have a personal relationship with God that exists in your life outside of a local church gathering. In fact, if all you have is this, you probably don't have a relationship with God. Relationship with God is it's just like a relationship in general. It do, it's, it's every day. You have a relationship with your child every day. You have a relationship with your spouse every day. On another level, you should have a relationship with God every day. Amen. Every day. Not just on Sunday. But make no mistake about it. For me personally, I think for you too, is on many levels the way you reconnect in that relationship. As you fight yourself, you fight your your way back to that moment of connection where you begin to realize, I can't do this on my own. I need somebody to connect with me. I need somebody to pray for me. The Bible says, if any sick are among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let the elders of the church anoint you with all and pray the prayer of faith and God will raise you up. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is even as you see that day approaching. Grab the cord and fight your way back. Long time ago I had a vision 
a dream, vision. In the middle of the night, I was in the hay barn, and I was preaching a series on backslidden. And whether, whether you agree with the doctrine of, you know, eternal security, whether somebody can be backslidden or not, I think even people that don't believe you can lose your salvation also, also believe that you can walk away from your relationship with God by choices that you make. And I was, I was, I was preaching on that. And that night, I knew I was going to be preaching on that. That night, I saw a dream, a vision of me walking on a, on a road in the middle of a desert holding the hand of Jesus. And on both sides of the roads, there was just temptation everywhere. There was, you know, just, you know, women, alcohol, just every temptation that a man would go through was all on both sides. Some of them were grabbing my hand and pulling me this way, and Jesus wouldn't let go of my hand. And I just kept walking with him. And I kept putting my foot off the road as far as I could pulling as far as I could Jesus just kept walking with me and at, so, at one point I just finally went <clears throat> I pulled my hand out of his hand and I went off and in this dream I remember seeing myself out there just doing everything that I would never dream I would ever do then I realized I need to get back to God so I started looking for Jesus and I started crying out where are you Jesus I'll never forget this. I'm preaching in a little hay barn. Where are you, Jesus? See what happens? Every week at this time. Is it not? Every single week at this time. This is when this happens. Where are you, Jesus? Where are you? And I heard Jesus say these words. I'm right where you left me. And I look back. And in this dream, Jesus is standing there going, I never leave you nor forsake you. He had never left me. I reached over and put my hand back in his hand. Come on. I reconnect. I can feel the breeze again. back church it's time to reconnect no matter how far you are at the end of that, of that cord you ain't too far you ain't too far get back you devil I'm tired of this can somebody just say stop it devil name of Jesus every time when I'm trying to get people saved you keep doing this to this microphone devil I rebuke you right now you will not stop people coming back to God whether it's online or in this, in this place I'm sick of you devil you stop it. You get your hands off this sound system, off this internet, off of everything we're trying to do in this house because we're trying to reconnect people back to God. I'm done. You're here today and you just feel some sense of disconnect. You remember how it felt when that breeze used to be blowing on you and now you're out in the hot desert. Every once in a while, you just get a whiff of breeze that goes by just reminding you how it used to be. Here's the powerful thing about grace. It literally don't hold anything against you. Washes the slate clean. If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. 
He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised you from the dead, you shall be saved. Can we bow our heads before the Lord to honor him? If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you say, Pastor, I can't go this far anymore. I can't go this way anymore. I'm too far out in the desert now. Help me to get back, Pastor. Lead me in a prayer that will restore my relationship with God today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. Anybody? Thank you for that hand. I see some hands going up. My goodness. Different ages. Thank you. Every, every section, hands are going up. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. You can put your hands down. Anybody else that hadn't raised their hand yet, this is a point of faith. This is a point of contact. This is you reaching out, touching that garment. That's you. I want you to do something bold today. If you raised your hand, I want to ask you to step out and come down here in front of me right now. You can spread out. Come on. Who's going to be first? The rest will follow. Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand for these people. Let them know how proud we are of them. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a big deal, y'all. This takes guts. This takes guts. Come on. Come on. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Wow, how powerful. So proud of y'all. So proud of y'all. One more moment for anybody else that felt to come. One more moment. Church, stretch your hands towards them right now. And help them pray as we pray this prayer. Those that are up here, I want you to just, with everything that's within, if you want to raise your hand, you can. It's a sign of surrender. But you pray this prayer, but not because it's the words of, my, of your pastor, but because it's the, it's the way God tells us that we are reconciled to him. It's through this prayer. So no matter what you've done, it's all forgiven in this prayer. Say this with me. Father, church, help them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand here today. Admitting, admitting I am, I am a, sinner, a sinner and I need a Savior. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be my Savior and to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Save me today. I confess you and you alone as my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, I hold my head high because I am a child of God. The old is buried and dead. I am forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise.